Michiana's first, best, and only show dedicated to craft beer and drinking music. Cool brews, hot tunes. This is music to my beers. Music to my beers on Real Rock 103.9, The Bear. Good morning and welcome to Music to My Beers. I am Zach Miller alongside Warren Cluck. And Hello. we're somewhere special today, right? We're, we took the show on the road for the, uh, we're doing a couple of these here the next month, but we are on the road at Bear Hands up in Granger and we're on to be joined by the uh, the man behind the the entire establishment, Chris. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Uh, hope you do, two are doing well as well. Well, you poured yeah. us a beer. We're doing pretty great. Fresh Westy on tap. You can't beat it. So good up here in Granger. We're not going to talk about it right this second because we're going to do a classic radio tease. We're like, you hang on just one minute, you'll find out the big surprise. Uh, we're very excited to talk about something out here, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit here. on music to my beers. Classic, classic radio tease. That was awesome. <laughs> And Chris, we're odd. we're excited. We're talking about obviously the second incarnation of Striker Liker Beer. It was a home run next year, and we're back to do it again. So first of all, thank you very much, and uh, we're pumped about it. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, we're all pretty stoked about the event and um, just putting something on that everybody's going to like and appreciate uh, that we do to make a beer for Striker. Yeah, I, I think we were we we knew that we were going to sell some beer last year, but we didn't know how much beer we were going to sell. And when Zach and I came, because we, we got a kind of a tease last year when you had the Striker Liker all canned and it was sitting back in the warehouse, we thought, "Wow, man, that's like that's a lot of beer." I hope we didn't make too much. And then and then all of it sold, like every last bit of it. So we're pumped out here. Uh, we're pumped to talk about it again because it was such a fun time last year. Plus, I think it was the first thing any of us were allowed to do after the pandemic because yeah. it happened in late September, <laughs> and it was right as things had just started to open up. We couldn't even be inside. We all had to be outside and uh, and do the, the curbside carryout. But it felt like a giant get-together where it was just a family reunion, and everybody that knew Striker came out in support of that, so we really appreciate that. But we appreciate you in the creation of this beer and going with a style that Striker loved, the traditional IPA, and just making something that – would really, you know, honor him and who he was and how he he was so uh, such an incremental part of this show. In fact, like co-creator and uh, some of the idea behind the show was because of him. So thank you, Chris. Yeah, no problem. I mean, we enjoyed taking, uh, you know, the info you guys gave us about the kind of stuff that he liked to drink, and uh, we were happy and thrilled to make a beer and meet a lot of new people and just enjoy a great time together to celebrate his life well the one thing he the one uh his favorite component of any beer and unfortunately we can't include that in last year's or this year's he liked it to be free that's not gonna be the case (laughs) but uh striker liker day here at bear hands is coming up on october 8th zach myself and all the other uh the uh the bear jocks are going to be out broadcasting live from three to five to kick off curbside sales you guys are going to have it on tap and you don't have to tell us the entire rundown of it right now but how's the beer looking to sort of shake out this year like what's it going to be um well we're doing something very similar to last year it went over well uh once again you know we wanted to stick with a style that he enjoyed to drink and consume and um so this year uh it went so well that this year we're just going to do similar thing but just make it a little bigger um so this year i think we're going to do a very similar grist which is the grain bill to the beer um and then also hopping very similar just a lot more of it and we're going to make it a double this year (laughs) now if we do a single last year for the first one a double for this year for the second one i don't think any of us is a good idea we should do a a triple one for next year we should probably cap it at two but i like that a double ipa for the uh the second edition of striker liker day and we're all looking forward to that, and again, we, we're going to hammer this about a thousand times between now and then, but it is October 8th. It's a Friday, it's 3 to 5, and then however long supplies last after that. 
how was Double Tie Day, man? We were down here for that. I wasn't here for all of it. I, 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 I think I left at the right time because there were a few glassy eyes that were headed to my way, and I'm like, oh, man. But uh, first of all, congratulations. It was a huge success. But uh, as far as what was your favorite of the litter? What was your favorite pick of the litter? Uh, out of the variant beers, um, I like the stout. I think it's coming around really nicely. Um, a lot of banana flavor and coconut chocolate. Um, that was my favorite. Uh, as far as like the event, it was just an excellent time. Pretty on par with everything we've done, just a, a little bit better. So we hope to keep doing it that way every year. Do you always have to have double tie day on like the friggin' hottest day of that month? <laughs> I'm a fat guy, and I love drinking craft beer, but, man, you put me out in the sun, and I'm always like, oh, it couldn't be 73. It's got to be 94 today. Yeah, it was blazing uh, hot on Saturday morning, especially into the early afternoon. It got a little cooler that night, um, but we didn't have rain like we've had at the beginning of one year. Mm. Um, so I think it, it all panned out, and everything worked out. The cat is out of the bag. We have Striker Liker Day 2, a bigger, better, bolder beer coming up on October 8th. We'll talk more about that. And we're going to talk more about bare hands because, I mean, we're here. Let's do it. And doing it on a road show. We haven't done one of these for a good long while. I'm trying to think of the last time. It was like earlier this summer, maybe? It, I don't know. No, it may have been when last we were year. here last year for Striker Liker Day because right. after that, we weren't allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And then with all the outbreaks that were happening at you know different places in our place, we couldn't go anywhere. So we did, I think, one at your house in your backyard. Yep. We did a sad one in my backyard, and now we're in an actual uh, establishment. So, Chris, thanks for having us out. Oh, Bare hands. And if, you, and if you missed the news, hot off the presses, October 8th, it's Striker Liker Day once again. We're doing a bigger beer. It's going to be a bigger time, and we want to see you out there. We're going to be broadcasting live from 3 to 5. And by the time the date rolls around, you're going to be like, enough, stop talking about it. Just let us drink. Uh, Chris revealed it's going to be a, a, a double IPA this year. We're excited about that. Now, mm-hmm. we covered Double Tie Day. It was a smash success. Let's talk about this beer we're drinking right here. And uh, we like to talk every once in a while. Uh, the most successful breweries are the ones that are our favorites. Always have, like, you got to have your one home run beer. The one that's going to be, I think, for founders, uh, probably either all day or Centennial was like the first big yeah. one that really I think paid you know paid the bills and made the bacon for the brewery bells. It's going to be two hearted and Oberon. And for you guys, your home run out the gate's been uh, Westy. If people are listening and they've never heard people person, it could be one person. I don't know. <laughs> it's Sunday before church. But for the uninitiated, people who haven't had a chance to try bare hands because when I go out of town and I take beers from my place somewhere else, I always take some Westy because I'm like this is a great example of the stuff you're missing out if you're not in in the South Bend area. Tell us. From the start, what is Westy, and why is this such a huge beer for you guys? Um, well, it's our best-selling beer uh, right now and has been raining for a while. Um, but it's a, it's an American-style IPA. It's uh, just kind of an easy malt bill to let the hop shine. And then we've got uh, two classic Northwest hops, uh, High Alpha, Simcoe, and Mosaic. Um, and those kind of combine for a mosaic of flavors um, <laughs> got some pine uh citrus a little tropical a lot of tropical in there um and uh like i said the malt bill is just simple so american two-row and uh uh carapils so a dextra malt and uh, and then uh also a light crystal malt and then we just hop the hell out of it and uh that seems to work out pretty good. After and, your first batch, like because when you guys opened, was was Westy one of the original like OG beers, or did this come along shortly thereafter? I mean, so when I opened this, I kind of had like a, I had a grist, which is like the grain bill for just a 
American IPA, the the style that I liked. I made in my home brewery at home, um, and it was just that Carapils, Light Crystal, and and American Two Row, and uh, then I would use different hops and just experiment with hops, kind of in those in those beers a lot. Um, so really, just when we opened this here. Um, I had a few combinations that I liked, but nothing had become like the staple IPA here yet. Um, and then when I started messing around with Mosaic and uh, and just the combination of that and Simcoe worked out, and people started to really enjoy it, asked for it back. And now, when did you realize you're like, oh man, we got to dedicate because uh, the the back here out uh, of your your brewing system, like there's a lot of it that's dedicated to Westie because it's you know your biggest your biggest seller when did you guys realize oh man like we got to take this one seriously because we can't keep it you know on tab yeah i mean i think it was just a good way uh, it, it was a good product to represent our company and what we do and that's kind of full flavored beers um and uh getting a little outside the box as well because it's not really a classic ipa it's because it has that lighter grist it's less malty um just more of a, on the hop focus uh but yeah, so what we realized quickly is that a lot of the tanks were being, uh, the capacity of them was being taken up by Westie, so we had to jump to getting a larger tank. So we have, that's really the only tank of that size we have. It's uh, 30 barrel, and then we just fill that basically with Westie now. And then if we need a little more, we'll do a 15 and, uh, and kind of supplement if we're running low on the beer. So you guys started at a what level system when you started all those years ago? What, how, how much beer could you make to where you're at now with Westie? So the brew house we had was one barrel, and that's like two full-size kegs at a time. And then uh, I was running that up to nine times a week. Um, so I was making about nine barrels a week at that time. And then I jumped up to uh, a seven-barrel system, which we were still brewing on the one to you know, fulfill the, the uh, needs for product. And then um, just kind of grew that seven-barrel system, started fermenting at a couple 15s and double-batching in that. And now at this time, we've got the 130, I think, 30-barrel fermenter. We got six 15s and uh, four 7s and, um, and also a couple bright tanks. But, uh, you know, some scrapper yeah. listening right now thinking, man, that's, that could move. That fill my truck up. All that all that stainless back there. That's incredible. Uh, we're here with Chris from Bear Hands and Grager. We're talking now. Uh, we'll talk more about it here in a bit. Striker Liker Day 2 coming up October 8th. How many? How much bigger could you guys possibly get back there? Because you've got quite a bit of space, but you're talking about these big 30-barrel brewing rigs. Is there is there room back there for a bigger size? Do they make a bigger size? Yeah, they definitely make as big as I think you can get. Um, right now, for our brew house, we're running two eight-barrel systems um, side-by-side. So 16 barrels about our capacity now. Um, the building is actually open now, so it can handle a lot more, I think. And we've got some plans on how we can do, increase production here. Um, but the next brew house size, like we would jump up to, max would probably be a 30 right now. Um, and then we can fill 30-barrel tanks, obviously, and double or some breweries up to like eight batches per uh, fermenter. So, well, How many cans of beer does that equate to a week you guys make? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're usually canning up to... 250 cases a week any, every week 
That's a lot. That's a lot of beer. It's also the great. Th- it's also a great thing about having the brewer on because that, like Zach and I, come in craft beer. We're like we're enthusiasts. We know what we know. But anything as far as the science of of the the actual brewing, and then you know making it in a commercial capacity and some of those sizes, like it's good to have somebody on who could explain it to us because you know for us, he's just pull handle beer comes out, and we don't really know what else goes into the rest. So where we put movies to beers in a rating system, uh, basically one being the best movie you've ever seen, and twelve being an absolute drain pour of a film. I thought this week's selection from Zach was pretty great because we're at Bare Hands. We're joined <laughs> by Chris. We're talking about Striker Liker Day 2. October 8th, so, right? 3 yeah. to 5 we're going to be out here. 3 to 5 we'll be out here. It's going to be on tap. Point. It'll be available in four packs to go. A portion of all the uh, can sales goes to charity. We'll talk about that later. But we thought <laughs> it's got to be a movie that's a sequel, but a sequel that's better than the original. So Zach picked Godfather Part 2, which film critics and audiences agree is far superior to Godfather 1. And to be honest with you, I've never seen the Godfather series. I know. That's terrible, right? But I know it's like, it is the cinema verite of like all films. So what, all do, you, mob films, so what right? do you watch? Uh, you know, like the rom-coms and stuff like that. Typically comedies. <laughs> you know, I, some I, say no. that Zach Miller considers How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, The Godfather Part 2 of the rom-com who, genre. Who did uh, The Godfather? Was it Francis Ford Coppola? Yes. Okay. So I knew that. He's got the wine, right? Okay. All right. <laughs> that was way more obvious than me, though. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, I know that I'm going to give it a good rating. TV, but I have seen, I think, the Godfather series. And, you know, you brought up a funny point a minute ago. We were talking about it off the air. It's like the movies, after a while, after, if you haven't seen them in a long time, they kind of blend together. I, I can differentiate Godfather 3 from the other two because that's the one with, uh, with Andy Garcia, and there's some weird cousin love line that goes in there. Like, but we're talking about number two. This is when Mar- Michael Corleone takes over the family. Oh, okay. So I'm going to let Zach go first. You've never seen one, two, or three? I've never seen one, two, or three. I saw the spoof that was done a couple of years after The Godfather called Mafia. Do you remember that, like, tongue-in-cheek comedy? No? where It's like scary movie where they were, like, spoofing all the different... Movies, Goodfellas. You realize if you watch a spoof of a movie that you haven't seen, that you don't really get any of the jokes or references, right? (laughs) I know. So I I will go with one. I should find out what are your friends like embezzles money from the company he works for. Like Zach's never seen Godfather. I've known you for keep that almost twelve years now. All right, no, no. Go ahead though. Go ahead. Uh, I will go with one, and I'm gonna say one beer because I know that I've always heard and I've seen in like different rating systems and stuff that the second has always outdone the first. Uh, for me, it's like a, The Empire Strikes Back is way better than original Star Wars. So I'm going to go with one and one of my all-time favorite beers, and I can win major brownie points when I bring this home to my wife, is one Thai PA. One Thai PA from Bare Hands. I'm going to throw that in there. So you have to reference a beer, is that... Yeah, we, always, yes. we, we tell everybody, like, this is a great chance for you to plug one of your own. I'm going to go next, and I'm going to give this movie one four-pack of Double Tie, because I think Ooh. this year's Double Tie, not to kiss ass because we're here, uh, was... The, one of the best batches you guys have ever done. It was it was amazing, and it, I had to watch myself because I could only have a taste because I was driving. But I, <laughs> I got home and I slammed whatever I, I took home with me. The Godfather Two is a great movie, but I'm going to come at this from a different angle because the last video game that I beat 100 was the God the very first uh, Godfather video game. On Nintendo? No, it was on PlayStation 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on Nintendo. 
And it's funny because basically the, the game is just a it's a ripoff of Grand Theft Auto. Plays the exact oh, same. My <laughs> but I was living in Grand Rapids at the time, and I didn't have a whole lot of money to my name, so I spent a lot of time playing video games and drinking beer in my apartment. But uh, it was a fun game, but it makes you relive all the movies. And again, if Zach has never seen the movies, the game would mean nothing to him. <laughs> so I'm going to give this uh, one four pack of the double tie because it is a good movie and it is long, man. It was one of those ones back in the day. Remember VHS tapes were a big deal. Oh, was it a double VHS? It was a double VHS. Oh. Yep. So you're going to take some time. <laughs> could you imagine? Okay, could you imagine stopping in the middle of the movie? Like I got to put in the next cassette, guys. Yeah, Titanic was that same way. Oh yeah, it screwed, and it screwed up everybody's like the shelf system. You're like. It's like CDs. Oh, this is awkward. Double album. You're like, this isn't going to fit in the store-bought shelf. <laughs> so now that you've seen kind of how it rolls, uh, Chris, go ahead and just pick a movie and and, or, and pick the uh, pick the beer you would drink with Godfather Part 2. I'm saying the uh, I'm going to give it one beer, uh, the Striker Liker from last year, um, oh. just because I have an old can here. Yeah, and I can't wait. show that off to you guys. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, uh, so, and, and it helps mention the event a little bit and get people make people aware of it, but... Uh, the beer was fantastic, and uh, I would easily drink that with uh, the second Godfather. Perfect. There's our B-movie. We're going to talk more about that OG Striker Liker can here in just a second. We are talking about Striker Liker Day 2. Coming up October 8th, Bare Hands in Granger, 3 to 5. We'll be broadcasting live. Beer sales uh, inside and outside start right at 3 o'clock when we get here. So uh, come here and, and have get ready to have a few. We'll talk more come about thirsty. that. thirsty. Yeah, come thirsty, my friends. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just search for Music to My Beers. Also, we've got the Facebook group and uh, have we seen a pumpkin beer pop in yet at all for the season? I don't know. My natural taste buds prevent me from seeing those those uh, <laughs> posts or check ins. You have those hidden. You know, this is this is one of those uh, false Facebook advertising. Yeah, stuff, my uh, local bottle shop, the Oktoberfest beers, are starting to squeeze out some of my normal selections. It's like between the seltzers and the Oktoberfest, like I need to have some space for my regular beers. Oh, oh, well, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I hit. I feel like a hit everything. Uh, you can also podcast this show oh, yeah. every Monday right around uh, lunchtime. We scoop out the music and make it just an easy, quick 45 minutes of, uh, of beer chit-chat. And like Zach said, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also join our Facebook group and uh, Bare Hands as well. Find them on Facebook, on Instagram. And as long as we're talking about the Bare Hands and the music to my beers, Obviously, if you're on Facebook, search for the Striker Liker Day event and uh, and click either interested or going. Uh, you basically basically going. You you want to go? It's gonna you be won't want to miss it. It'll yeah. be a must swing by October eighth. We'll be here from three to five broadcasting live, and then for the sake of the broadcast license, we're gonna turn off the microphones and the broadcast gear. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and have ourselves some Indulge. fun. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna get back. Uh, we're gonna jump over the top of the hour here in just a second, and and uh, we have a special split one today. I'm very excited about that. Why well, we haven't tasted in about eleven and a half. <laughs> hey, we were uh, surprised and completely esteemed to try a striker liker from last year. Chris from Bare Hands brought this to the table. That's where we're at this morning. And it's all uh, to help promote Striker Liker 2, which is coming up October 8th. It's going to be from 3 to 5 p.m. is when we're going to be broadcasting. But you guys open up and you start slinging four packs left and right, and people can stop by and grab and go or hang out and make it an afternoon. I mean, that's what we're going to do, right? Yes. After, <laughs> I think, well, in, after, in early afternoon, in afternoon, probably a late evening. but um, An over home. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people were shocked, one, at, at how how simple but also very complex the original Striker Liker was. It was great, and it wasn't until once you swallowed it and you get that back end that you're like, wow, there's a lot going on there. And it was really, really strong, which I also liked and Ron was a big fan of. I can't believe you have any of this left. Um, let's go ahead and drink it now. This is yeah. this is a year old, and 
We'll take our sips. Wow. Dude, it's still fantastic. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't That's it? so good. I kind of didn't know what to expect, honestly. I mean, it's just a year on an IPA is a long time, but. Um, uh, it is, but it, it was packaged well. Mm-hmm. But, but it is a strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was. It was. It was canned and stored well. But also with a, with a, uh, a higher ABV IPA, they tend to to, uh, to hold their flavor a little bit longer. I think it was Hop Slam was the first one. Everyone's like, "You can keep this for a while. You don't need to drink it immediately." And then uh, Zach and I laugh at the show all the time. Like, remember, like seven or eight years ago when. Like ten percent was the biggest, baddest thing you could ever get. It was like, don't mess with this. We can only serve this in an eight ounce snifter. Like this is all you're gonna get. And now, like people barely bad. I like eight percent. Cool. I'll take six of them. Let's go. Let's go. Well, and it was typically a Ron thing to do. He would buy up cases upon cases of the Hop Slam and save it. I remember we were playing hockey in October or November one time, and he threw me a can. I'm like. You've been holding on to this for that long, but I mean, it's, the flavor held up much like the striker liker from last year, and it's got an amazing characteristic to it that how, it turned out nice. Wow! Yeah, I, I enjoy it honestly. For a year old beer, it's one of the better ones I've tasted that's kept that way, uh, which is amazing. Um, usually, a lot of the hop aroma and flavor will fall off after a year, but it still has plenty of that. I think you get a lot of citrus still in it. And, now, back in the day when Hop Slam was just a bottle beer only, do you think do you think this would hold as good in a bottle? But it seems like can uh, the the canning that has gone on in craft beer has allowed things to be held onto a little bit easier, but also longer. Yeah, um, I mean, I would agree and disagree. Honestly, uh, damn it, I Chris, think- <laughs> <laughs> you know this is my show. You can't agree and disagree. It it, it, uh, it uh, cans definitely do not let the light in. So there's you know. That's not really a factor in a can, um, but a lot of bottles, are, when they're packaged, uh, they're, some systems will purge the bottle before, um, and it'll be closed, like kind of a closed packaging system, um, whereas a can, you know, the lid has to come off. But but either way, I think it's it's amazing how unoxidized this beer is after sitting in a can for a year. It's, it's pretty awesome. And um, you've worked towards that, right, with your canning um, company and, and whatnot when you were first fig- figuring out the oxidation that goes into the yeah, cans, right? Yeah, we, we started out with a mobile canning company, um, uh, and we learned a lot of things, luckily, on, on their dime some of the time. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, Best way to learn them. But we did that, and then uh, once we once I got up the confidence to get our own machine, we got that. We've been running that, and uh, we've learned a lot go- along the way with that, too. But I think we're packaging a very superior product when it comes to oxidation and, and uh, the beers. Uh, you know, Obviously, we want them to go and, and be consumed as quick as possible, but it's nice to know that something like this can still be a great beer after a year. So mm-hmm. It's awesome. The, uh, the can shortage, we're here with Chris from uh, Bare Hands and Granger. We're going to be talking more about the Strike It Liker Day 2 coming up in just a bit. But it seemed like, at first, no craft brewery did did cans. It was bottle only. And then a couple started going to cans. And everyone's like, wow, cans are easier. They're cheaper. And then we run into the can shortage. What was that, last year when uh, when everybody ran into the can shortage? Yeah, did that affect you guys shortage. a little bit? It, it did a little. Uh, aluminum prices have definitely gone up, like, you know, around the globe. So not just on cans, but everything else, too. Um, but uh, the shortage didn't affect us as much because we only can in 16 ounces. Um, so it was really in like that 12 ounce can that there was a huge, huge problem. Um, we've had some delays. Yeah. You know, things are taking a couple more weeks to, to get the can ready for packaging. Um, but yeah, it hasn't been as bad as for it has for some other people, especially if you were doing 12 ounce cans. If you were doing 12 ounce cans and there was a shortage, like what would happen? Like what happens? 
in that instance. If you're like, all right, this beer is going to be ready for canning. We'll just, you know, September 20th, and the cans don't show up. Like, when you say can shortage, like, what does that mean? Are they not showing up for a month? Are they going to – might you not even be able to can that beer? I mean, it could all depend. Yeah, you might have to go to a bottle, some kind of other packaging method. Go to 16 ounces. <laughs> well, I mean, not to, bring, not to bring fast food into it, but Taco Bell, for like for in three different instances over the last year, has had trouble getting things in their supply chain. They just released a new uh, fried chicken taco sandwich taco. They're doing that because tortillas are are hard to come by. There's a nationwide shortage. So Don't tell me that, huh? Don't tell me that. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, you can still get it, but that's why Taco Bell has. It seems like they've released a lot of things that are non tortilla based for the last oh, okay. years because they're hard to get. But uh, it's just it's funny to see like. If you're a bigger brewer and you use a lot of twelve ounce cans, you probably have a lot less of that than like you know a smaller, oh, yeah. a smaller it's place. Definitely affecting people. I mean, everything in our industry is is affected by time right now and and the level of supply. So, I mean, there's many other things besides just the cans that that are taking time. Even t-shirts, you know, everything from from t-shirts to you know food products, you know, every single thing is is behind. There's no doubt about that. Well, I don't feel bad about being, you know, behind all the time at work and not getting my things done on time. I feel like, <laughs> yeah. dude, supply chain Land issues. Of supply chain. These commercials aren't done, and this thing isn't filled out because I've got supply chain issues myself. <laughs> uh, we're here with Chris from Bare Hands, and we'll uh, we'll just really quick wrap up for a, a quick second before we move on. But Striker Liker Day Two is coming up October eighth here at Bare Hands in Granger. Uh, you can find more details on the Facebook page, which we have shared. Oh, now we've gotten to the staff picks portion of the show with our uh, pick six. We go around. We put in a couple beers into the six-pack. We let you know what you should be drinking or, like Warren had pointed out a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago, what you shouldn't be drinking and what you should steer massively clear from, right? I'm just mad about that because the Wicked Hazy, or the Wicked Easy, I had to buy 12 of, and I realized after half of one, I'm like, well, I've got 11 and a half more of these garbage piles to drink. Oh, I am I, sorry. I wanted something hazy and sessionable. I didn't have a whole lot of time to pick, so I grabbed that Sam Adams. There's the Wicked Hazy, then there's the Wicked Easy. Easy is terrible. Easy is the hardest to drink. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the little one's never as good as the big guy. No. Well, like... Lighthearted would be a good example. You know what? Uh, Westy has a baby brother that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know. It's the Sam Adams one's all sharp and really carbonated. Like uh, I don't know. But we'll let we'll, we'll let Zach go first. Maybe to kick, kick things off, yeah. I, I'm going to throw in the. I had this just last weekend because a long weekend, and I, I figure you can get up, you can start drinking just because it's a Saturday, it's a Sunday, and we got time to recover before work. Uh, Supermassive Cafe Death from Revolution was huge and it was delicious. I don't really know the difference between that one and Cafe Death. I'll be honest with you. Maybe it was a triple mash or something like that. I'd yeah, I'm not sure either. Likely much much stronger beer, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a couple percentages, but I think it clocked in at like a 15 oh, or something. Wow. So it was it was a good beer to start the morning off with. Judgment free zone, right? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, do you hear what he just said? Good beer to start the morning off with. <laughs> and the next one that I'm going to throw cool in. guy who lost his kids. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Is a Schwamba Seltzer Strawberry Watermelon Ice Cream Hard Seltzer from Imprint Beer Company. I had to look this one up because I picked this up from Casey and the guys over at Hop Station, and it actually had ice cream put into it which made it creamy and it was delicious it had a vanilla flavor uh, to it but also that strawberry and watermelon just hit the spot i I like fruit and beer and i know that's my jam has a a ton of it when it comes to it that you guys have here at bare hands yeah um i'm gonna name uh on that note (laughs) i'm gonna talk about uh one of the beers coming up that we have that i 
Ooh. feel is going to turn out very nice. Is this uh, hot gossip time ooh. on uh, Music to Buy Beers? Yeah, here we for that. A, a beer we, we did once. It's, it's a one-off beer. It's called Grow Up Hair, and it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, a Belgian-style Golden Strong um, with a pear. And I believe we did like eight eight and a half percent last time. Um, this time we made the beer a little bigger. Uh, we actually put some orange blossom honey in it too, hmm. um, as well as pear. So it's a uh, grow a pear, and it's going to be uh, huge, huge starting gravity on the beer. Uh, I imagine uh, over eleven percent ABV this time. Um, so I would have thought eight off. and a half was pretty good. It's like <laughs> no, no, bigger. Coming off in a few weeks. Um, and then also, uh, we've got a, a new beer that we made for a, a good friend of ours uh, who does a lot of photography. He does, uh, you know, as a hobby, but but also, I believe, professionally, too. Um, but he does some of the double tie day stuff, and we made a beer for him, uh, Mark Allstott. And um, it is a fruited beer as well. It's got uh, plum and blueberry, and it's kind of a bigger version of That's My Jam, also with orange blossom honey. Um, so we're going to have that, and those will be coming out in the next couple weeks. So I just thought I'd talk about those a little bit. Yeah. So what does the orange blossom honey do? Does it mellow out the or help balance out some of that um, sour fruit flavor? Or Well, really, you're just going to get um, just some of the some of that honey flavor a little bit mm. uh the the uh orange honey from or the orange from the honey flavor in it um but also it's just going to dry the beer out it's going to give it a little bit more alcohol um and more fermentables uh honey's 100 percent fermentable so oh. that's what causes it to just dry out a little bit and, and be a lot stronger so. i got the two beers i'm gonna throw in one and i'll and i've talked about it before but I, i'm gonna throw in this this year's uh Double tie because it was. I thought. I know the the variants were interesting. They were all great, but I, I thought the the OG double tie was head and shoulders above the rest. And maybe because it was ninety two degrees. Maybe it's because I was super thirsty. But it was like <laughs> took a huge swig. You're like, oh hell yes! Like let's go. Awesome. Yeah, like, like, we made a couple changes on the uh, the uh, hops on it too this year. So we've been trying to just you know do a couple little different things with it every year. Not too much, but just enough to to make it interesting. So. I gotta leave myself like a, a note in my email or on my Google Cam. Like buy more than you want next year because you're going to get home and then finish it and be uh, it'd be very sad. The next one to throw in is very affordable and I think almost available just about everywhere, no matter how you know <clears throat> shady the store is. But I went golfing last weekend. And I had a Modelo Chilada Especial. Oh, that's the kind that has like the tomato juice in it, right? When I was in college, my brothers used to drink, yeah, the, the beer and the and the tomato juice, and I thought it was lousy. And I'm like, there's no way this is going to be good. But there was a story by the golf course. We're like. It's it's Sunday. We shouldn't overdo it. So let's try these, dude. In sunlight, I can get down on those. That's a jam. That is fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and Modelo's it, my golf beer, actually. Uh, not not the uh, chilada much, but uh, regular Modelo I love on the golf course. It's it's it was tasty. It was tangy, but it wasn't one of those like I'm going to slam half of this you know silo. It was sip it, be reasonable, and, and enjoy the golf. There you go. In hindsight, after I look at my score, I should have just chugged it and then quit because, <laughs> you know, I, I think I was I was very over on every hole. Need that swing oil. No, oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Golf is like bowling for me. Like, there comes a point where the alcohol helps, and then you cross that, like, half beer hump where it's like alcohol just, like, it. I, Tiredness sets in. Yeah, and I'm ruined, and I'm frustrated, <laughs> and I miss a swing, and I'm like, oh, let's go back uh, to the clubhouse. So if you missed anything from earlier in the show, if you're coming in late, coming in after church, or maybe before church, you might have missed that we're doing a striker liker. Part 2, happening October 8th, and we're going to be broadcasting from Bare Hands 3 to 5, but come out, get a four-pack, get a whole case, get two cases. I mean, that's what I did last year. 
I bought a flat, and I was still pretty disappointed how quickly I drank it all. I thought, well, that was, it was like a week and a half later. I thought, well, that sucked. I'm all out. I'm like, one. But uh, it's good. We learned from Chris earlier here at Bare Hands. It's going to be a double IPA. We're really stoked. We thought last year's was strong as an ox, but uh, this year's going to be a, a bigger, bolder, better uh, fiasco. So come join us. And like the uh, the Facebook event, but we're going to meet a new friend from Bare Hands today, and uh, it's Drake. Yeah, it's Drake. So what do you do here? Uh... How old are you? I do a little. I'm I'm 27. 27. Yeah. How long have you been into craft beer? Uh, I see that I, I was the beard. Not yeah. Right. The six plug. years. <laughs> the, the beard. The beard makes me think it's been a while. But six years. Yeah. Right on the dot. <laughs> so what'd you do before this? Uh, man, I've done a lot of stuff. Tell you the truth. Uh, before this, I was an electrician. Um. I've always been in food and beverage, though. All right, so yeah, you look you look familiar. Have you been at Bare Hands for a while? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I started here when I was 21, bartending. And I kind of done a little bit of everything, wash kegs, help them brew beer here. Finally, just started stepping into sales, you know. Nice. All around. What's your favorite beer here? Oh, what's Chris is sitting right over there. You better say something really flattering. All right, like all of them are my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. But <laughs> yeah, Drake's going to do Wesley's well in this Wesley's role. I like classic. it. Um, I don't know. I think I'm really excited about this new beer we were just talking. Yeah. Soul Catcher. Oh. Soul catcher, yeah. So uh, you've been in this new role for how long here, Bare Hands? Uh, about like nine days. And how long? Oh, and cool. so, what exactly do you do? Uh, wholesales. So going out to our accounts, uh, contacting them, selling the beer to restaurants, liquor stores. You know, you're the second distro guy we've had on in a couple of weeks here at the show, okay. and uh, it's funny because it's a different. Like we talk a lot of the show about it's a whole new ballgame. Yeah, about yeah. beer, about merchandise, but we don't talk a whole lot about about sales. And like, mm-hmm. okay, so let's say you walk into a bar that doesn't carry bare hands. Okay, what's your pitch, Drake? Are you like, hey, my name's Drake. I've got a beard and glasses. I look like I know what I'm talking about as far as craft beer. And that's goes. exactly what I say. You should that. carry this beer. Yes, yes. No, I mean, first off, you got to look at like what they're carrying already what their clientele is um do they have other local breweries in stock or they're like one of those indiana bev like big guys Mm. just going through them also like are they a small town place or are they like a more retail like chain operation what we've Mm. learned over the the course of doing this show is uh there's like and when I used to work at a grocery store, you find out too. There's a there's a war for shelf space and for consumer oh, for attention, sure. especially cold beer. Well, in yeah. some places, like <laughs> we'll, and we'll use uh, AB InBev as an example. They're like, all right, well, if you don't carry these three on tap, then you are not going to get any of the Bourbon County when it rolls around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, how do you guys combat something like that? Obviously, you can walk in and be like, yeah, this beer tastes better though. Mm-hmm. It tastes better, and it's going to be better for you. But like, how do you even? All I would say would just say, here, try it, and you know, tell me what you think. But is there a different way of going about it? I mean, you have to do a whole lot of that, honestly. Because sort of people don't like Bear know the name. Stuff. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we don't always have enough to serve everybody, so it's more uh, a lot of them come looking for us. But, but there are some accounts we would pick up that way. Um, it's just that we, we don't really have the time to go around pitching our product to everybody because we have enough trouble just getting it to the people that want it. Okay. So yeah, we have a great accounts already. So that Demand's a little higher than, yeah. than you know, the, the amount of product that we have. Yeah. So. Now, as long as we got both of you here on the microphone, uh, Chris with bare hands and our new friend Drake, uh, as far as distribution goes, we know it starts locally and you do it around town to stores and then you start moving out, moving out, moving out. How far out does bare hands go right now? Like what's the furthest from South Bend, Mishawaka? Um, the it, furthest from South Bend would be like south of Indianapolis. So, um, you know, just we were we were taking stuff down to Bloomington, even in a little wider area. But we're we're trying to. 
come in a little bit tighter um, just so we can spend less time driving the stuff around and focus a little bit more on local accounts. Um, so, you know, s- south of Indianapolis is about the furthest we go right now. Now, I know there's probably a, a nexus, and you own the joint, so i got to imagine you know exactly what that pivot point is between we want to go further out of South Bend, but we also need a bigger system. Like, how much further do you think you guys can go before you, or like, you're going to need to muscle up if you need to? Uh, we'd have to go a lot bigger, really, at this point. And I, I think we could easily do that. It's just about getting the means to, to make that happen. But, you know, I, I still have my project in South Bend that I'm working on. So uh, we're trying to just focus, you know, all of our resources and stuff there at this time. Um, and also, like I said, you know, my whole idea with this uh, was to just start more locally and grow it out. And I think we outstretched our our needs a little bit um, in just trying to make people happy, you know, when they were asking for products. But uh, my goal really is to just focus on drawing that in and just forming a little bit tighter of a community. Uh, we still plan on going down to Indy and, and down that way. It's just not going to be outstretched as far as it has been in the past. So. All right. Well, if you guys are looking for capital to expand, I did win $46 uh, on DraftKings this go. week. Oh, so sweet. Because <laughs> um, you did the one-off or you hammered the over. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to put a portion of that. Maybe not all of it, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to become a, a seed investor. Well, and here's the thing, too, about Drake. Drake, you've got six years of sales experience behind the bar talking to people, and yep. now you're you're getting out there, and you know the beers left and right. So I believe in you. Yep. I know that you're going to sell the crap out of this. I, I'm trying, man. He's just hustling. Well. He's doing yeah. really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just that's a that's a part of the business. Like really, I was so focused on just making the beer and brewing and, and doing that for ten years uh, that I'm happy to get a little more involved with it and kind of just follow that mission statement that we had originally to just keep it more of a family like community thing. Um, um, and that doesn't mean that, that we're not going to go far with the stuff. It just means that we want to be in a little closer contact and a little closer relationship with the people that we feel can promote our product and serve it and it's in funny, the proper way. It's funny talking to you, Chris, because you, Bear Hands has been around as far as craft beer in the area. You guys are like the OGs. But then we meet a lot of our newer friends, be it Studebaker or, uh, or uh, Brass Elk, that like – you know, you get into this because you love craft beer. You are good at it, but then suddenly you're like, you also have to become an expert in running a business, managing people, scheduling yeah. stuff. You know, filing paperwork with God knows whatever state and federal agencies. There's and then on top of that, paperwork. yeah, then they're like, also social media be good at that, and uh, sales be good at that. Like, there's a lot that falls on the shoulders of anybody who wants to be successful. That it, it's it's intimidating, but also at some point, I'd be like. Maybe I could just do this for myself and just stay in my garage, I guess, and have some neighbors over. Like, maybe this doesn't need to be a business, but yeah, it's, right. it's a lot to foist on somebody. And, you know, the marketplace is constantly evolving. When you first started, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter were not that big of a thing. Now it's like, this has to be how you push the brand. And it's, it's just it's wild to see even how this show started because they're like, do you need a Facebook page? We're like, why would a beer show need a Facebook page? Yeah, just the evolution of, of the beginning from the beginning of the business till now has been crazy. And like you said, there's a lot of variables within running a business and that's something that I'm learning about. I got into this to be a brewer and that's, you know, cause I wanted to share what I was making with people. Um, so when that demand came that, that, you know, people wanted it outside of where we are here in Granger. Um, that's something that we had to try and figure out how to do. And, uh, and now we feel like it's our duty in a way. And I never opened this to be a distribution company. 
Right. So, uh, so, but that's something now that's a, a new challenge. You know, I like to face challenges and and get over those. Well, clearly you hired Drake. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, he's all right. He's doing well. He's doing <laughs> man's a handful. A young boy, though. You know, he's like yeah. twenty-seven. So no, I'd kill to be twenty-seven again. Have that kind of energy, too, especially with that this kind of an opportunity. So, I mean, I think we're we're super excited about what's going on with that aspect of the business, and and you know we've gone through some changes there. You know, but but yeah, we're excited to to face that challenge and see what it brings. And just make make bare hands a better thing everywhere than it is, and you know we're we're just excited to make that happen. And the final segment of the show. All right, all right, all right. Actually, I was gonna say that there's a bunch of new stuff coming out, but really, what I want to hammer in is the event that's coming up, October eighth. It's a Friday. You have no excuse not to be out and join us. We're gonna be broadcasting from three to five, but you can come at any time. Once you're open, um, at bare hands and enjoy Striker Liker Part Two. Yeah, yeah, we open at noon on Fridays, so perfect. You're welcome to come by at noon and and uh, you know try the beer out. And I was going to say, out. yeah, I, I I love that you guys open at that that good time for the weekend. Everybody's like looking to to get that that beer for the the weekend and for the like the next couple of weeks too and so that's what we're going to be out here doing pushing four packs of uh striker liker part two yeah we're actually going to do the show out here there's the striker liker open coming out the uh the weekend before we're going to be doing the show out here uh from bare hands right before the uh, the debut of striker liker day so we're excited for that and we're excited it's gonna be a double ipa this year because last year's <laughs> wasn't strong enough apparently <laughs> but uh chris on behalf of myself and i know ron's family and everybody else we're excited that you guys are, are a part of this again and and are going to, you know, obviously do another home run. But, dude, we can't wait. It's almost like, let's go. Let's do it now. It's going to be like Christmas came early. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we're, we're seriously honored to, to be a part of it. And thank you guys so much for having us. We appreciate it. The event is on Facebook. You can see it on the Bears page. You can see it on the Music of My Beers page. Give us a response. Just let us know you're interested and you're coming. Or don't. Just show up. But we can't wait. More four-packs, and it'll be on tap that day, and we'll give you more yeah. details. Uh, Zach and I are pretty much going to talk about it all show, every show between now and then, because we're stoked. <laughs> so on behalf of Zach, myself, and Chris with Bearheads, thanks for having us out, man. I know that you guys Thank are you. uh, you're not really open right now, but... Uh, you know, we had a couple of beers. It was yeah, pretty, pretty cool. So uh, we'll talk more about Striker Liker Day 2 here next week on Music to My Beers. Cheers. Music to My Beers on 103.939 The Beer. Podcasts by Federated Media.